0: Before we get started. I just want to let everyone know that Mike and I are both sick. So, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> energy levels are a little bit low tonight. So, sorry about that. Yes.
1: Um, good evening. It's Necromaniacs Podcast, the Horror Podcast. Uh, Mike and I both have colds, knock on wood. We literally didn't even know that both of us had colds or both of us were sick. We didn't know that e- e- both of us. Went and got COVID test today. It's just kind of the the luck of the necromaniacs draw. How you feeling, Mike Hill?
0: Uh, you know, under the weather. Um you know, <laughs> I, I, I got I didn't get the results for my test back yet. So I should get it tomorrow. But I got I gotta be honest, I don't I, it, you know, what I, what I'm feeling right now is like familiar. You know what I mean? It's just mm, like okay. sick, you know, like I got a you know, head cold, tired, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah.
1: I hear you. Um, I did the rapid test, which was negative, and they gave me a strep throat test, which was negative, because my throat was red, they said. Uh, But then they did the PCR. I'll have that in a a couple of days, I believe, they told me, by Friday the latest. Um, You know, who the hell knows? I've been out and about a lot, Mike. I'm I'm a social butterfly, as you know. Uh, I went to... Uh, a show this past Friday, I saw um, Age of Apocalypse, which is a, a newish hardcore band, along with the uh, band God's Hate and uh, Incendiary from Long Island. Uh, sold out show at that club elsewhere, Mike in Bushwick, You ever been there?
0: No, no, I don't know where that place is.
1: It's uh, it's a big ass room. It's about two three blocks from that bar, Cobra Club. Okay, which is another cool. It's, that's a cool small little spot, but. Um, great great show but it was a sold out show you know a few people wearing masks most of the crowd obviously not wearing masks of course it was a vaccine mandated show as all big and small shows are in New York but you never know what you're going to get it's kind of the roll of the dice and honestly it seems like New York City is rolling the dice everywhere I go there's tons of people (laughs) everywhere so we're rolling the dice here in New York
0: well there's a lot of people that live in New York so you know it's a roll the (laughs) dice kind of town
1: Yes. But what I mean is, I think people want to go out. I think the hiding is over. I think the fear mongering is fucking over. Um, and honestly, shit. Even people still getting or testing positive for COVID. I think overall, and nobody attacked me for this. I think this is winding down a little bit. Would you agree?
0: I think so. That is, uh, if I test negative, uh, I'm going to say that it's winding down. If I test positive, then I'm not going to say that it's winding down. So we'll That's see. That's
1: true. Yeah. Yeah. I might eat those words. But maybe I won't eat those words because I just feel like, um, by and large, people are okay. No one's dying in the streets anymore. Nobody. The bodies aren't piled up at the, at the funeral parlors anymore. The hospitals are not overrun. Those are positive signs. This is what I'm, I'm getting at.
0: No, I agree with that, yeah.
1: You know, and I like seeing some things go back to normal. I like going to shows. Uh, I know you went to Chiller the other week. Yep. Uh, I missed, listeners, I missed the Chiller Theater Con in New Jersey for the first time in 20 years because I moved apartments. I'm in a much better place, uh, much better apartment. I'm very happy with where I live. Of course, I do still live in Brooklyn. I'm just in a new, different area. Of uh, of Brooklyn, I am the last Scandato in Brooklyn, Mike. Like the last, uh, what do you call it? Stark in Winterfell. <laughs> yeah.
0: Wow, that's um, actually pretty uh, monumental, really, considering guys is, are,
1: actually. you know being I have four other brothers. And it's kind of <laughs> weird, but um, you know, yeah, it, it's good to be going out and stuff. But yeah, I mean, if you're going out and it's kind of cold and flu season and all that shit and COVID's still out there. I mean, you may catch something. I mean, I think I, I think I got a bad cold.
0: But you know, we'll see in about two or three days. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I have covid, but uh, I just don't feel very good. And uh, you know, we're we're playing our first show in almost two years on Friday, so I, uh, it would be a shame to have to cancel. Is what I'm trying to say.
1: Yes. Um, I if I yeah, that would suck. I hate canceling any show ever, ever, ever for any reason. So I would only imagine if I had to cancel it for this reason, if I were you, that would blow. But uh, yeah, that's a great show too. And and then uh, there's a show Saturday I want to go to in Long Island. Suffocation's playing. I've not seen them in quite a in a minute. They're playing out at Amityville Music Hall, a great little club, out there. Um, you know. A lot of cool show announcements happening for for the metalheads out there they just announced a great show today with our buddies black anvil are going to be playing with uh mortician demolition hammer immolation black anvil and funeral leech mike how's that, that for a fucking little little show
0: i think i might have to go to that
1: oh i think we'll be there i yeah. think so in march of uh 2022 at irving plaza um yeah i caught cradle of filth at irving plaza a couple of weeks back, that was fun. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's good to be getting back out there, but unfortunately, well, you know, sometimes you catch a little, you know, sickness.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we'll see how this rolls out. You know, I mean, yeah,
1: it plays out for both of us, listeners. Please keep us in your in your thoughts, and if you pray, your prayers, you know, uh, keep old Mike and Mike. Uh, in your thoughts. But anyway, let's talk about horror. Uh,
0: yeah, man. Have you seen anything uh, of note recently?
1: Yes, actually. I can't believe, it, Mike, sometimes I think we share a a, 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 a brain, a bond. I, myself, the, the, just as I was listening to uh, last week's great podcast uh, about VHS 94, which is not that great of a movie, unfortunately, um, <laughs> I, too, watched have it on Shutter.
0: Oh yeah, man.
1: Um, wow, I had not seen it probably since the later nineties. It's been been a minute since I've seen it actually. Um, wonderful, wonderful movie. Uh, I mean, it, it just uh, kind of like a nineties New York love letter,
0: you know. Um, it's also it, it's been a while since you could even find that anywhere.
1: Yes it was impossible to watch uh, and, and find. Uh, I don't think there was a Blu-ray or a DVD for a very long time. Uh, the fact that it's streaming to me is even better than a Blu-ray or a DVD. That means so many people can watch it. And it's funny, I'm to, interested to see what, you know, some of the younger or the newer, you know, Shutter fans and people think of the movie. Uh, I imagine uh, a lot of people are enjoying it. Um, but man, you know what's real interesting? What uh, you know? I looked up this week. Uh, the, the woman who played the vampire never acted again. Really? Yes. Uh, zero other IMDb credits.
0: Actually, wasn't she like kind of uh, really into drugs? You might be right there. Yeah. I I yeah. don't. I didn't.
1: I did not look up whether if she is dead or alive. Uh, we all hope she's alive. But I always get a kick out of the. This is my sole acting role, and it's really good, and it's in a really cool movie. It, it makes me think of you know Danny in The Shining,
0: you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Like, I think that oh, the uh, the woman the actress she really wasn't trying to be an actress. She was like one of these like mm-hmm. Lower east side like cool chicks who was like just doing heroin oh, and yeah, going. Dude. I mean, it's possible. She,
1: but she might have been a, a, a she might have been very tight with, uh, you know um, I'll tell you that. Uh, I tell you this though: when you when you look it up, she's in the short version of the movie, which was made in '82, when Fessenden was about 20 or something. She is in that. Isn't that interesting?
0: I don't think I've ever seen the short version of it. No,
1: me neither. I don't think I don't know where the hell you could see that. Uh, but it might be like a student film. But it is on IMDb. Yeah, it's called Habit, and it says 1982. And both him and her are yeah are in it, so that's interesting.
0: Damn. Hmm.
1: But uh, yeah, check it out, people. I, I know uh, they talked about it on the prior episode, but very cool movie. I forgot what a downer that ending
0: was. Though. Oh yeah, totally, dude.
1: Uh yeah, I was like, oh man, you know. Um, the cool thing about that movie is like I feel like it's it's almost like documentary esque because it's like it, I mean, yeah, they're, they're acting, but you almost, you forget that they're acting. It's very like cinema verite. Is that the word I'm looking for? It's very, you know, like, yeah. it's something about it, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think the French started that, actually. There's, like, a bunch of French films that uh-huh. have a really natural, like, sort of vibe to their movies.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, I know I've seen other movies like that and even other horror movies like that, and those movies always kind of stay with you, you know? I guess if if I was a director and if I was making film instead of talking about film, that's, that's how I'd want mine to to go. You know, I think (laughs) at least one movie like that, you know, (laughs) I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, aside from that, I just got in the mail today, uh, my first Blu-ray in in a little, in, in a minute, actually, uh, New York Ninja from, uh, the mighty folks at Vinegar Syndrome. I am so excited to watch this movie. Uh, Listeners, this is a lost 80s New York City shot ninja movie that was like sitting somewhere with its sound missing on like a shelf and Vinegar Syndrome rescued it from obscurity. How cool is that, Hill?
0: You can always count on those guys for doing stuff like that.
1: (laughs) Yes right I mean I feel like only vinegar syndrome could have put this Like none of the other guys could have put this out like you know Mondo Macabro or Synapse this is for vinegar syndrome I feel like you know
0: (laughs) yeah they had a table at Chiller actually
1: oh cool cool man yeah I always get at least one or two I always get something from them uh, because I've been going to the cons so long the guy at the table knows me okay they, all, they started doing the cons, I forget how many years ago, seven, eight years ago. But it's the same dude at every con. He knows exactly who I am. I don't know his name. He does not know my name. Isn't that
0: funny? That is funny, actually. Yeah.
1: He knows me. He knows exactly who I am. But, um, yeah, I always get something from them. Um, as far as what else I've been watching, um, I, I, I don't know if i mentioned this before, but uh, I finished Squid Game.
0: I still haven't started that, believe it or not.
1: Uh, You need to check it out, Mike. You need to check it out. Uh, I think I might have mentioned that before. But other than that, I mean, I've been kind of ensconced in the move. uh, But everything is now unpacked and everything is kind of like ready to go. Like, you know, I have a bunch of movies that I haven't watched yet. And, you know, I think I'm going to finally fucking get to them. You know, I've also been watching Joe Bob's, uh, which I'm enjoying. Uh, to unwind every night. Uh, I watched the one with the uh, excellent 80s uh, exploitation uh, film Angel.
0: Oh, hell yeah, dude. That was good.
1: What a great movie that is. Uh, I forgot that there's a second angel and a third angel um, with different actresses. I want to check those out. But the original Angel fucking rules. Would you agree?
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. It's like a kind of a, a move. That's a movie that could not be made today. No, it could not. She is
1: 15, and a hooker in Los Angeles. Although she's played by a 24-year-old actress who did not look 24, Um, and she's another one who barely almost acted again, if I remember what uh, Joe Bob was saying. Um, But yeah, that's a really cool movie. I think it is a cousin film to uh, Vice Squad, Mike. You know,
0: it definitely uh, travels the same land. You know.
1: Yeah. Right. That that early '80s LA sleaze ball, you know, Sunset Strip, Hollywood Boulevard thingy, love it.
0: Also, <laughs> want to add that she's a straight A student in addition, in addition to being a streetwalker. Yes, <laughs> she is. She is, and it, and
1: also like the other interesting thing about that movie is her scenes. Like she's that actress is not really ex- overly like, nude or overly exploited. You notice that? Like, her scenes in the movie are the scenes that are, like, have the most kind of meat to them. And, like, like I don't know. I felt like there are other movies from the early 80s that have, like, this weird, hookerish prostitutionist. And, you know, and, and, and they're kind of put through the grinder in a way. But I felt like she was not.
0: Well, she was, know. like, more, but, like, in control of her fate. You know what I mean?
1: Yes. Yes. And I think... Yeah, it's interesting that you say you broke the whole straight A student thing, and I think that could be why. Like in the in the script process. Yeah. You know? Interesting, right? Um like all of her friends that, you know, it's like the, the more exploited characters are the other characters. Even though this girl is fucking fifteen in this movie.
0: Which it's kind of weird. Different times, man. Back back then it was cool to have characters like that, you know what I mean? <laughs>
1: I know, I know. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable. But, uh, you know, yeah, I've been enjoying that, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm just enjoying Shutter. I'm about to plunk down and, and watch uh, The Addiction oh, uh, this week. Great movie. Uh, another, another movie you love, another Abel Ferrara movie. And then, just based on that last episode, I really need to see that Blackout movie.
0: Oh man, dude, that's my favorite Abel Ferrara film of all time.
1: Yeah, I gotta check that out. Now, why is that one on on the obscure side? What year did that come out?
0: I have no idea, man. But I have it on DVD. And
1: it's, it's the Ooze, though, right? It's the two thousands, now. Yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but maybe, uh, yeah, maybe it was at a time when he just wasn't getting much heat on his releases. But yeah, I totally want to
0: see that. Or there might be some legal thing, you know? It's like, who knows? That guy's always in in some shit. You know what I mean? It's like. <laughs> You know, like someone – it's, like, seriously fucking sleazy, man. And it's, like – but it's, like, like a very – similar, similar to uh, Midnight Mass, which we're going to talk about tonight. I yes. feel like The Blackout is a very personal film for Abel Ferrara. Mm. You know, because it kind of talks about a Hollywood guy. He's, like, been straight, but then he, you know, he came out of it this, like, drug-fueled, like, fucking rampage. And then he, like, goes back into that and he's been suppressing something that he's, that there's an hour of his life, which he can't, he blacked out and he can't remember what he did.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, And it's yeah. like coming out yeah. in his
0: subconscious when he's talking to his therapist. Hmm. And it's dude, it's so, I'm not going to tell you what, what he did, but it's like really okay. dark, very, very dark. It's got the, the lovely Beatrice doll in it. Um, oh yeah, I dig her. You know, I Matt, know you're I'm fan. a big fan of hers. Matthew Modine is in it. Okay. Oh, see, I,
1: I'm kind of remembering this movie now, but I, I never got to see it. Dennis, fact, Hop- see Dennis Hopper. The I'm kind of uh, coming back to me a little bit, but uh, well, that's cool. What, what, have, what have you been checking out, man?
0: Uh, recently, uh, Jeff recommended this movie called The Deep House, which came out this year. Deep and it's uh, okay. Alexander Bastillo and Julian Mowry of uh, Inside fame.
1: Oh, okay. This might have been one of the movies that when we talked about those guys, we said this was coming. Yeah. So now, okay. I
0: I really liked it. However, Rennie did not like it because I recommended mm-hmm. it to him a couple days ago, and he was like, "That movie sucked." So I'm like, "All right, well, sorry," but. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what's it, what's it, Sorry, Rennie. We usually are all literally on the same
0: page.
1: <laughs> okay. we can't always be on the same page, otherwise the show would be terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, what's it on?
0: Um, I I rented it. It might be on Epics actually, because I, I had Epics and then I canceled it because I finished watching the stuff I was watching on it. Okay. But it is on, you can rent it on on Prime.
1: Oh, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check it out. Yeah, then. it's
0: like five bucks or whatever, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, speaking of things I don't have, but I, I wish I had, uh, I see Dexter is back yep. on Don't Have Showtime, and heard I heard great things about the, the new Dexter.
0: Yeah, I got to check that out, too.
1: Um, You know we I I really enjoyed the show I just hated the last season and how it ended but it doesn't take away from the fact that I loved like you know 90% of that show
0: yeah then there was uh, this thing I rented on a whim it's uh, called Monster Chronicles on Prime Mm -hmm. and it's a series and um, the first episode was 99 cents Hmm. and it was on the Jersey Devil and uh, I tell you what, it was definitely, now I know why it was a 99 cent rental. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: I have something to mention about Jersey Devil, but go on.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, you know me, man, I'm I'm, a, I'm, like a sucker for like, you know, crypto zoology and like, yeah, you know, yes, we- you werewolves like and all that mm-hmm. shit. Me and too. I, and I love the Jersey Devil. I love the, the Mothman, like all that stuff. You know what I mean? And uh, so this looked like the perfect thing to watch one night. And I was like, I'm like, yeah, you know, I finished it. But I was like, yeah, that wasn't that good.
1: Uh, Well, I watched also, which I forgot I watched because I thought it was okay. The Barons, the Mm. 2012 film about the Jersey Devil. Yeah. Did you see this movie? I did. It's great. Uh, Darren Lynn Bousman. I went through weird emotions watching this. Started out, okay, I like it. Halfway through, I'm like, eh. But then I thought it ended well.
0: I remember liking it.
1: Um, yeah, it's got what's his name from uh, True Blood. This is when True Blood was popping. Uh, hold on, I'm gonna uh, put his name up there. Stephen Moyer. Yes, one of the of True Blood, and it has got one of my one of my crushes, Mia Kirshner.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yes, as his wife. Um, yeah, I had ups and downs for this movie. Ups and downs, but ultimately, I do think it ended well. And this movie has Iceman in it from the Marvel movie. Sean Ashmore, who has also been in – I also watched something recently. I can't remember what. And then here comes – and Iceman was in that too. Kind of funny. Sean Ashmore yeah. um, from the X-Men movies. Yeah. But, yeah, Darren Lynn – I forgot that Darren Lynn Bousman even directed this movie. Um, <clears throat> you know, from the Saw franchise and, you know, Repo, the genetic opera. I mean, he's, you know, done a bunch of stuff.
0: I checked out some a non-horror film that's adjacent to horror in the sense that the Adams family produced it. Um, right. Be, that's the group of uh, the actual family whose last yes. name is Adams, and they mm-hmm. did they did the Deeper You Dig, and they yeah. have a, a new movie coming yeah. out called Hellbender, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's about to pop off any any minute now. Mm. And uh, I saw one of their earlier films called Knucklejack, which is on uh, on Prime. You can watch it if you have, uh, you know, free of charge, if you have a membership. And it was quite good. I enjoyed it. It's like, you know, it's like this kind of indie, like, you know, sort of, um, not, not, there's, it's about, like, characters. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like this very, very indie vibe to it. It's kind of, like, about, like, these kind of, like, this, like, low-rent dude. You know, he's, like, a petty criminal. And he has to take care of his, uh, his, you know, his, his niece, who is actually his daughter, Zelda, in real life. Oh, okay. You know. Yeah, you can check out Deeper You Dig. That's on my, my, my short list. But uh, that sounds cool,
1: man. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was cool. Listeners, before we go further, I uh, just want to thank you guys. Uh, our Halloween Kills episode, episode 101, gangbusters episode, Lots and lots of love, lots of listeners. Thank you very much for that, along with our Necro 100. And we're even seeing a lot of love on, on the new episode for uh, VHS 94, a movie that I need to finish, I punched out of, and now need to finish because I don't like to leave things unfinished. Mike. Um, I What a weird installment <laughs> of the VHS franchise that was. That's all I'll say.
0: I, I got to be honest, man if they're going to make more, if that's how they're going to do their future installments, they should stop.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I was, it's almost shocking. The, the quality as was actually almost shocking, of like the low quality of it. I mean, and even, I know it's VHS, blah, 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 but parts one and two didn't look like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, they looked like movies, right? I mean, yeah, I know. mean,
0: they were, they were, um, you know, they were quote-unquote found footage, but you can tell that it was professionally done. You know, this literally yeah, yeah. looked like a porno from the 90s. Yeah,
1: just
0: weird. Weird, weird, weird. But, uh, yeah, g- g- gonna finish it.
1: But tonight, um, oh, also, um, want to give our shout-outs to uh, our, our, our fellow podcasting friends, <laughs> Break the Apocalypse. Uh, awesome. Awesome comedy podcast that you need to check out and it's funny uh, my brother John like me I could be you know the great minds thinking alike feel that as of now midnight mass is is the horror event of the year Uh, that's kind of how my brother feels Um, it's how I feel too I you know we're gonna get into it but uh, check out break the
0: apocalypse and then of course uh, Brandon Legion and his podcast, horror Wolf 666 yes. Check him out too.
1: Uh, thank you guys for the support. And thank you listeners for all the support. Um, you're going to hear intermittent coughing tonight. Just to, again, if you're joining us a little late. Both Mike and I <laughs> are ill. We're sickly. But, uh, you know, we are powering on in the name of horror. Because we fucking love horror. Right, Mike?
0: <laughs> That's right, man.
1: Exactly. So Midnight Mass, people uh spoilers ahead this thing's been on for a good couple of weeks we're going to talk very frankly about it um it is of course the new mini-series on netflix i'm calling it mini-series um from mr mike flanagan who has had a nice run on netflix would you agree mike
0: oh yeah man haunting a hill house uh you know haunting a Bly manor uh yes you know and then he's you know know know, and uh uh, we well, this wasn't a Netflix exclusive, but uh, Ouija, Absentia, mm-hmm. um, you know, Doctor Sleep, which I actually did not like. Doctor Sleep, believe it or not.
1: Okay, I'm back on the. I liked it. Okay. Uh, I, I liked it. I, I want to watch it again. Actually, I want to watch it again. Uh, what What killed me with it was the, was they putting in the the, the, the the Jack Nicholson kind of character, whatever. But what he wanted to do with this was have it. Be you know be the book okay, which is a story, but he wanted a part of a, the Kubrick movie in this as well, and that's hard to do, because Stephen King loathes the Kubrick movie. Yes, and Doctor Sleep is a sequel to just the Shining novel, so he had a hard task ahead, and I I got to be honest, I think he succeeded in his task with Doctor
0: Sleep. Maybe I, I should revisit it. Hmm. I only saw it once.
1: So Mike Flanagan, I've said on this podcast before, I think he is the guy right now in horror uh, and is is going to have quite a career. And in some ways, even though he's at least 10, whatever plus years into his career, his career is kind of jump to done. And I think we're going to see great, great things uh, from Mike Flanagan. So you might get a little fanboyish vibes from me. It's because I, I enjoy the man's work.
0: And also, he's uh, the most Stephen King-esque of, of filmmakers, in my opinion. So it's, I, uh, right, I'm a, yeah. I'm a King fan. There's a lot of King-isms that pop up in his work, too, which I really appreciate. Yes.
1: and I mean, also, like King, he, he's kind of sort of creating his own world, like a Flanagan-verse, that, in a way. Yeah. Right? Um, which I think is cool. I mean, look, Brian Keane does it with his novels. Obviously, Stephen King has done it. There have been people who have have done that. And I don't think there's enough people who do it. How about that in horror, you know? Um, I think it's cool to create your own universe. When you're a fucking talented writer, a talented director, whatever, even, you know, musicians who make concept records, I don't know, I, I, I enjoy that kind of stuff.
0: You? Well, well, yeah. Being a comic book fan, um, like like you, that we're we're used to that kind of thing, you know. So we like that.
1: Yeah, things have continuity and consequence, and and a lot of things tie in. Um, although I have said goodbye to the modern comic world, that doesn't mean I don't still appreciate comics, and that doesn't mean I don't appreciate where I left off. You know, I still love everything I loved, and I will still read things I have read. Because I love them, uh, I, I'm not a part of this modern comic world. I decided a few years ago to stop reading comics, but my comic mindset is there, Mike.
0: I I, uh, I definitely tapped out on Marvel and DC, but yes. I like reading like uh, Ed Brubaker's crime comics and uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, some of the stuff that Grant Morrison's done for uh, for Image, you know, things like that. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and look, I was telling somebody today or yesterday. What, what Vertigo did is probably never going to happen again. Um, <laughs> you know, like, it was just like that uh, point of time in life in comics, those runs of, like, trans-metropolitan, sad man, preacher, and then why the last man, and, like, all that awesomeness. I don't know. The, something like that ever happening again in comics is, is rare. But it could happen. In movies and television.
0: Yeah, I I think you're right, but I think that if there's if anything like that is going to happen in comics, it's going to happen with an independent uh, imprint. It's not going to be with DC or Marvel. Oh yes, the days of those two companies, or in particular, let's
1: you know DC, the, the days of DC taking those kind of like risks and and I don't know. I mean, maybe it's because the world is different. I don't know, but.
0: I I just I don't know I don't see it happening. <coughs> well, the problem I have is that, you know, speaking of uh, you know having gay and and uh, you know trans characters or whatever, mm-hmm. you know that's not that's nothing new. You know, like do you remember um, uh, what was it? Alpha uh, Stormwatch. Yes. They had, they had gay they had gay characters in that. Yeah and. When, look, when I was a teenager and, or in my early 20s or
1: whatever, reading things like Salmon and, and then Preacher, that was subversive and it was very exciting and very different because there was nothing in the mainstream like that, like you just said. There was nothing in the mainstream like this. Nothing this wild, nothing, you know what I'm saying? Um, now, it's very... Prevalent and very accepted and almost boring.
0: Well, it's right. kind of exploit. It's like it's like it's almost like exploiting it in my right. But the it's it's not taboo. Like look, there's just not
1: a lot that has is kind of I don't know. Everything is just yeah. Everything is kind of exploited. Yes, number one. And a lot of things have been done, but I don't know. I think though, out there, younger people. There is a teenager somewhere, obviously, reading a vertigo trade or maybe even a, an old 80 Stephen King book and going, holy shit, you know, I hope so. Yeah, but, but things the Internet might have kind of ruined that. Like, well,
0: but think? the thing is, though, it's like I was saying with um, Stormwatch, you know, the Wild Storm universe, there uh-huh. was the two characters, yeah. uh, the Midnighter and Apollo.
1: Mm-hmm. And they, yeah, were gay, okay.
0: they were gay lovers. Oh yeah. And that was Um, just part of the story. It wasn't like, like this bold statement that, okay, we're gonna make an old character, we're gonna regender him and make him gay or whatever, you know, and it's like, like why not just like come up with sick, like new characters, like awesome characters that that are different and interesting. And instead of like, you know, rejecting and modifying these old characters, I just don't understand that. They have made new characters, right? uh
1: but i think they're thinking with the wallets and they're thinking money and they're thinking what makes a bigger splash and what sells more and what's more what's going to get more tweets and what's more buzzworthy and what's more because doing that to a, a huge established character is instant press and that's that's, yeah. that's, that's i mean that's it I remains I it remains
0: to be seen if it actually succeeds though you know cuz i mean mm-hmm. honestly young people there's like very i, I don't think Young people really read comics as much as we do like older people It's weird. I a part of me agrees with you But then I look at who's online at at
1: the cons at comic-con or comic-con and I I look at who the audience is now for your for your DC's and your models and There is definitely some young bloods, but for the most part. Yeah, I I think it's a lot of 30s 40s and 50s people I do Um, are, and that's that's not young
0: you know no, no, 40, not, 50, not in the comic book
1: world no but you know tying it back into midnight mass uh mike flanagan has comic book sensibilities yes. i think we, we both uh, agree with that and um yeah this one deals obviously with the vampirism and religion uh in, in a way i, I you know in a really cool and interesting and, I think, original way that I've never really seen before. I mean, again, we're speaking freely with spoilers. Like, the fact that the priest, I mean, he immediately just basically thought (laughs) the vampire was an angel. You know, it's kind of interesting. The word vampire, people, is not used once in this whole series. Okay, Much like the word zombie is not used once in The Walking Dead.
0: Well the interesting no. thing about the angel is like the old testament you know the angels were the ones who would go out and destroy cities and you know kill the firstborn and all that sort of yeah. stuff they were they, they're kind of angels may, might be quite scary looking i don't think they're this
1: beautiful they might not be this beautiful androgynous well built uh, <laughs> be that most people think they are they might be kind of terrifying looking if uh if they ever came to earth would you agree with that
0: possibly but my, my my take on this thing, though, is, you know, the re- religion is just using that vampire as a projection. You know, they're yeah. like, this guy, you know, I mean, we're, we're skipping ahead here, but the priest mm-hmm. is, you know, he, he becomes a young man again as because of the vampire, you know? Yeah. And he just thinks, oh, this, this is a, a miracle, and, and angels do miracles, and the Old Testament angels with these, like, scary you know, beings. So this must be an angel, you know,
1: and and in the kind of state of mind he was in, in the desert, he was, you know, uh, yeah. Uh, Hamish Linklater is the actor.
0: Yeah. By the way, that scene where he's telling that story, you know, Mm -hmm. one one of the criticism people have for this is that it's too talky. A lot of people think there's too much dialogue Mm. and you know me, I like that. I like when there's like these like long, too, yeah. long monologues. It's like reading a short story or something or a novel. Yeah, That description of him wandering through the desert and finding these ancient ruins is mm. exactly like reading like a Robert E. Howard story, man. It's so cool. Look, I didn't think it was – I think – I don't think there's much dialogue wasted here.
1: I'll say it, Okay. It's not that it's. I think the talking is super important in this movie. Yeah. If there, if it's a bit much at times, sure, it might be. But man, there are some wonderful, like, moments of dialogue in this movie that that move the story forward. Number one, and just these like great monologues. I feel from a lot of the actors. Did you, you think so? Hundred percent. You know. And well, uh, almost, there's almost everybody. Almost everybody kind of shines here. Uh, all the all the main characters and, and the ancillary characters. But honestly, man, I, I, I feel uh, Hamish Linklater might get some kind of Emmy nod for this. I, I really sure. do. Yeah. Like, wow. Like, I, I you know, I, I didn't know who he was before this. Um, I, you know, looking him up, he was on that show. New Adventures of Old Christine with uh, what's her name from Seinfeld. And he's, you know, he's been a working actor for a while. But, whoa, man, he just, like, owns this whole fucking thing, man. I was just so impressed, and and, and the writing that they, they gave him. And and he comes off as a really good youngish priest, period, right?
0: Yeah, charismatic. Like, if you
1: went to Catholic Mass this Sunday, and there's a new priest in town, wherever he's in his early 40s, and it's him, you're coming back the following week.
0: Yes, yes or no absolutely
1: <laughs> right that's that's how i felt like yeah. i was like wow they i mean flanagan really i mean i i, I did my my research he's he catholic and catholic upbringing and altar boy but he definitely dove deep into the mass the catholic mass for this
0: were Were you ever an altar boy mike
1: for like a hot second i was um for a hot second, I—I I, I don't know. I think I just—I didn't like it, and I kind of I, I quit. I quit being an altar boy at a young age. How about that?
0: Yeah, I—I um, I, I never was an altar boy. I didn't. I didn't yeah, you
1: know. it wasn't. I wasn't into it. Like I just was like, eh. I think I'll just go to church and just go to church. Um, you know. Well,
0: Excuse let's me. run down some of the main characters in here. We got uh, Katie Siegel, who's who mm-hmm. is Aaron Green, and uh, coincidentally, that's Mike Flanagan's wife. Yeah. And uh, some have said it's like his his Sherry Moon Zombie. However,
1: I don't take that as an insult, as I think both are lovely. How about that? That is not an insult.
0: Yeah, but Katie Siegel is like a more legit actress, though, than Sherry Moon.
1: 100%! She's a great actress. And and very easy on the eyes, much like Miss Zombie. I'm a big fan of both. I'm a big fan.
0: (laughs) We have uh, Zach Guilford as Riley Flynn. And, uh, mm-hmm. Jeff, Jeff had a problem with, with Zach Guilford's casting. Why? He's in
1: all the, the Flanagan stuff. <laughs> he
0: he was like, that guy doesn't look like an ex-con.
1: Um, okay. But I don't think that he's supposed to. No, he's Although like this kind of. Ugly, look, they uglied him up for this role a little bit. They scruffed him up. He's a very good looking, you know, handsome dude. He is, um, So I kind of see what Jeff is getting at there.
0: Yeah, but this this guy's not like a drug dealer or like some sort of armed robbery guy. He's like a a startup bro who was a drunk driver. So he looks like a startup bro. He doesn't look like like a a hardened criminal who like does hits for the mob, you know?
1: Yeah, he's not in jail for being an arch criminal. He's in jail for a drunk driving murder.
0: Yeah, so So. it makes sense that he would look just kind of like the soft like dude.
1: That can be anybody, any look, anybody at all. It can be anybody. Yeah. So you're right.
0: Good point. <laughs> yeah. So he doesn't necessarily have to have like, you know, like Aryan Nation tattoos and like you know, no. you know, like like uh, barbed wire, you know, swastikas and stuff. Well, like look like you know, like like a hot mess or whatever. Not necessarily. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Now we have Kristen Lehman as Annie Flynn, which is Zach's mom. Henry Thomas is Ed Flynn. Uh, Riley's dad, who's a a Mm -hmm. fisherman. And it looks like the Flynns are embedded in the culture of the island, which seems to be a fishing island where people do a lot Mm -hmm. of fishing and all that. We have uh, Hamish Linklater as uh, Father Paul Hill, a.k.a. Monsignor Pruitt.
1: Yes, dual role there, dual role.
0: Samantha Sloyan as Bev Keen, the zealous Mm -hmm. member of St. Patrick's Church.
1: Uh, she's getting an Emmy now, too, in my opinion. Yeah. Let's
0: go on. And uh, uh, the understated yet excellent Rahul Kohli as Sheriff Hassan.
1: Loved him. Fucking loved him. Dude, he was the most Stephen King character as dude in the movie, in the I, whole thing, though, I, right? I
0: agree. I agree.
1: He was super Stephen Kingish, like
0: right? Yeah, you know, and the whole setting is like Stephen King-esque. I mean, it's an island. It's very insular. Um, people are very much into being Catholic, but similar to these isolated, you know, kind of typical of these isolated communities. There's a weird sort of wrinkle to their God fearing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not as worldly as like, say one of the major cities. So they kind of develop this like very insular take on their religion. I think
1: something I want to say, uh, Samantha Sloan who played Bev and Kristen Lehman who played Annie and Annabeth Gish who played Doctor Gunning, all look vastly different in real life. Yes. Than- they're all stunning women, by the way. Like, I I couldn't like I didn't like I couldn't I saw this behind the scenes interview thing and I was just like, holy shit! Like, I don't know. Look, I'm 48 years old. I know not every I know what a character is and what a movie is. But sometimes it's like like you realize that like there there's there's like a subtle makeup, you know? I mean there's FX obviously and special effects. But the way they kinda aged everybody, and not even just that, the way they kind of just like made them look kind of just rougher around the edges in this movie is very interesting. Would you agree?
0: Yeah, like they live in a fishing community.
1: Yeah, like they sucked all the glamour out of these, these actresses is what I'm saying, which is very interesting. Like they just look vastly different in real life. I was so much. So I was like taken aback by it. Um, and I like when I watch something like that, you know, because I, I like, I like, I like characters to look like real people sometimes sure. because I'll, let's be honest, even in, even in horror that, that, that isn't always the case. Um, you know, uh, like there was that movie that made it from the, the you know the the pretty ugly girl syndrome yes, where it's like yeah. the girl that's the nerd ugly girl is, is <laughs> like no one in their right mind would ever think this was an ugly girl like that kind of thing
0: like the new Carrie <laughs> like, the Carrie exactly. remakes yeah
1: right right exactly exactly but uh, in something like this I do like when you know it, it just kind of gives it that kind of
0: everyday edge I don't know well the thing so, too uh, that. I, was i found interesting is like you know I, I didn't grow up in like a fishing community but you know I, I grew up in like a non-urban sort of environment and uh like a smaller town and it, a lot of it maybe because of the heavy roman catholic vibe of this film or this mm-hmm. series there were people that were just 100 percent convinced that all this catholicism was real and that's how the people of this community are like they just are all in on 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 their version of God. Well, yeah. I mean, look, um, I
1: don't think there's anything wrong with it at all. I mean, I, I, I think people who believe and and believe in something. uh, I mean, I almost feel like sometimes it's better to believe in something than believe in nothing. Right. Um, And that carries some people like that, that shapes people and it's, you know, it's fine. And again, it's real. I think, I think there are a lot of real people out there just like this. And I think uh, Flanagan took his Catholic experience
0: and, you know, put it on the screen, so to speak. Right. But they also, of course, they have uh, Sheriff Hassan, who's a Muslim, you know. and yep. there's a of course, there's a, a scene where Bev and, and Sheriff Hassan are kind of at odds because of this uh, sort of, yeah. um, you know, xenophobic. Idea right. that these well, Bev is not team. a good
1: person, yes. as they say. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best one of the best. She clearly is not. This is a bad person, okay? Um, so I don't think she typifies a regular run of the milk Catholic, obviously, but her character is a son of a bitch, so yeah, you know, yeah, and a murderer, so you know, true, <laughs> and a dog killer, a dog a killer,
0: a yes, an animal killer.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh man, I mean, was there any other ways to hate?
0: Bev, I mean, geez. The story, one of the, one of the subplots was between Kate and Zach, who uh, were sweethearts at one point. And yep. they both went their separate ways. And when we see Kate, she's pregnant. You know, mm. and, Jack, and Zach is like, you know, he's kind of like this fallen character. You know, he's, a, yeah, he's yeah. an ex-con. Um, come back home. Come back home. You know, his self self uh, you know his i his view of himself is pretty low, and he's this uh, damaged sort of guy, and, and and in a lot of ways, Kate um yeah, Kate Siegel, uh, Aaron's character, Aaron Green, is the same way because um, yep. you know she touched on her experiences out on the mainland, and yeah, so they're both these very flawed people that have like very deep feelings for each other, and they've come together again.
1: Yeah, I was I was happy to see them kind of come together. I mean, Zach kind of kind of needed her and she kind of needed him, so to speak. You know, Um things things go a bit south um, <laughs> for, for everybody here as as you know, as, as the movie goes. But uh, yeah, no, I, I totally caught that. Um, I mean, and then there's a, the whole level of A.A. in this as well. Which yeah. I don't know much about. I got to be honest. I, I'm not an alcoholic. I've never been to an AA meeting. I have friends who go to AA, and it'd be interesting to potentially, uh, you know, get get their take if they've watched this, uh, how that kind of uh, gelled together, you know.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, and well, that that's part of how personal this is because uh, Mike Flanagan is an alcoholic. He's a oh, okay. Yeah, he's, a, he's an atheist. He was a former uh, former Catholic. Mm. So there's so much of him in in this whole story, and yeah. You know, he wrote, directed, and produced this. And originally, originally this was supposed to be a novel. Mm. So you know he's been he's been working with this thing for a long time.
1: It unf- it certainly unfolds like a novel. I mean I mean uh, totally. Uh, I would read this novel, right? I oh mean, yeah, shit. for sure. Much like I read the you know the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood novel, which was a lot of fun and had uncovered some cool little things. Uh, if if Flanagan <laughs> ever decided. To, to release this I mean I think it would do quite well
0: yeah oh, 100% I'd read this but yeah there's a lot of, a lot of just like I guess what I was trying to say earlier about Abel Ferrara's the blackout even though the blackout is like a way different film
1: mm-hmm.
0: this seems like very very personal you know mm. very <laughs> personal and and I just I've been trying to read more about it and he just kind of covers the main the main themes in it. He doesn't really get into any details about stuff. But yeah, that's what I learned over the course of the weeks.
1: It's funny. I, uh, apparently, there's a shit ton of Easter eggs in this movie, and w- one of the ones which was I was not aware of is that you know Carla Cugino is, is in uh, Gerald's game, and her voice is the judge sentencing uh, him to prison in the beginning. Isn't that oh interesting? yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Exactly. I read
1: that. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was an interesting touch, but. Um, yeah i mean i it's funny i kind of w- now want to watch all of his stuff to see you know if i can kind of piece things together you know um and even Flanagan himself has a minor ca- uh, cameo in this movie really he's one of the people in town he's just yeah he's just you see him okay. in, in, isn't that kind of cool
0: yeah he's kind of like this like a nondescript looking guy
1: yeah no totally totally Um, And apparently one of his next things he's doing is the Midnight Club, which is not related to Midnight Mass.
0: Huh. You know what I thought was interesting about this is like, like before I even started watching Midnight Mass, I I had a you know, you're like, okay, this is a vampire story. But it doesn't really reveal itself until like, I don't know, the third or fourth episode really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's coming. Midnight Mass, you know, There's like, but you don't really know how the vampires are going to, like, manifest themselves.
1: So it's funny. I told you early on, I think via text, that I call this little, this kind of Dracula nod in the movie about the ship coming, you know, to port and the, 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 you know, the cargo big trunk being carried off and how Dracula was brought in on, you know, a cargo ship. Yeah. And by golly, guess what else begins with a ship coming into port?
0: Yeah. Habit. Did that's you notice I, that? I did notice that. Yeah. Very interesting. Another Dracula nod. Well, um, I mean, that's kind of how they do it, you know. Even Salem's Lot, you know, it's like you know yeah. Bar- Barlow was brought to you know the house in in, in a trunk, you know. Yeah, yeah, kind of wild, man. Yeah. Um, but the
1: other, what I'm getting at is, I didn't notice it at first, but Linklater is seen plain as day. In the very first episode he because okay he's 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 just kind of himself he's he's the one in the background when the teenagers are talking at the front of the camera that's seeing they're on their, B, their bmx bikes or whatever and in the background he's the one lugging this big trunk oh, off the shit. Pit. so you get you kind of see his face like you know like on the show you really don't see his face the what episode three or whatever when it comes to the church yeah no, you you see his face in episode one in the first five minutes of it, but
0: you Ooh. don't know that. Okay, okay. You'd have to watch it again. So he's just like lurking before he he like shows up as right. like uh, you know it father father's hill. It's pretty pretty clear actually. I mean you don't
1: again you're not looking at it. You're not looking at it at all. Um, you're looking at the three actors in front of you, the the, the young kids, the teenagers. But in the foreground, like isn't that, it's that—it's fucking brilliant. I love it. Like I—I I love things like this, you know. Um, and then, the, and then in, in episode one, when uh, you know, Bev walks in, and then like there's that, the, the silhouette, and she's like, oh, or whatever. Like who are you? Like you know, you don't you don't see him then either, but you have seen him before that scene. But again, you only know that on a rewatch. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm, I'm probably gonna watch this again at some point. Mm. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe if I get some time off for the holidays, I'll rewatch it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I wanted to watch episode one again for tonight. Um, you know, I, even though I, I finished the whole thing a few weeks ago. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's funny. I there's usually characters that are you know you don't really like or whatever or you feel you you know you trim the fat. I think everyone is used quite well here, and I I kind of liked everybody. I mean, Bev. You, you hate her, but you love her because she's such a great fucking character.
0: Oh yeah, she's great. You know, what a, what a good looking vampire too.
1: <laughs> oh dude, wow! Like when he is fully revealed, um, was it in like that that auditorium, and then in into the church? Whoa man, I got we got I got to look up who did the makeup, but I have not seen a vampire look that good in a while. Like 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 a, like you know, it, it just very interesting uh effects and an interesting way to to portray him. And I think they really kind of played up the wings aspect because, you know, he thought he was a goddamn angel, so um sick looking. Like I, I could almost picture like an action figure of, of the you know uh, of him look pretty pretty nuts.
0: Well you know what else another other interesting thing is like there's there's like um, I think Ukrainian folklore possibly like some Eastern European folklore where vampires were actually uh, the, the spirits of the fallen angels that followed Lucifer into hell that huh. manifested dead bodies and became vampires. That was like, That's like one... I forgot what, what Eastern European culture has that, but there's like a story about the origin of vampires that has something to do with that.
1: There, there's one more thing I, I recall about vamp, vampires and in, in Catholicism, not Catholicism, Christianity, about Lilith being yep. the real first woman yeah. and she was an vampire, Yes. Or something like that, Do you, you know what I'm talking about? No, I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh th- that's something I, I recall. Um but I don't know. I I don't know if that's just complete like I mean that that's obviously not in the actual Bible. Um I think that's more like, you know, folklore.
0: I think you know? uh Lilith is more from like the Hebrew part of the of the whole experience, you know what I mean? Or like yeah, you know, maybe the Could book of be. the Book of Enoch or something like that. Could be. Uh, one of the cool things I really liked in this movie was the singing.
1: Yeah. Um, oh yeah. It was. It was just. It really just brought me back to being in church as as, as a kid and a teenager. I remembered every song they sang, Mike. Every one. You know, it was really interesting. Um, and then the usage of Neil Diamond songs, which was interesting. The uh, Brooklyn Zone, Neil Diamond. There are a couple of Neil Diamond
0: songs on this soundtrack. Did you notice that? I did. I I actually like Neil Diamond. Oh, me too, man. You know, Solitary Man's a great song, like that kind of stuff. New New Jersey
1: has, you know, old blue eyes, Sinatra. And I feel that we have Neil Diamond. He's he's our guy, you know. Um, Born in Brooklyn, everybody. You should know that. Um, But... Yeah, great usage of music. Um, I don't think this soundtrack has hit vinyl yet. I know Wax Tracks did uh, "Blind Manor and Haunting of Fail House. I have both of those. Uh, wax Work, I'm sorry. Um, but I have not heard about this one just yet as far as a vinyl release. Unless I missed it. I hope I didn't miss it. Um, <laughs> but I would pick it up just, just to have it for the, the Flanagan collection.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally, man a very very good use of uh, music in this in this show
1: yeah um it, it, it even made me think of like other old, like old songs. I don't know I mean I went to church for a, a long time when I was a kid and I mean I went to Catholic school for 12 years um so I, I remember all this stuff I mean a, a lot of the things about the mass and, and uh the dialogue and and, and the rituals and but again I just felt like he just made for one of the most interesting priests I've ever seen on film. Honestly,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I went to church when I was a kid. I mean, I, I did not go to Catholic school. Um, mm. I went to public school with uh, all of the heathens, and <laughs> and <laughs> um, but yeah, I I was a regular church church goer. I got confirmed and made you know catechism like all that stuff. Yeah,
1: um, it's interesting that he he. He is now an atheist, but it, it, this, okay, it, oh, something I guess I'm struggling with. I almost feel like this was extremely respectful of Catholicism. I mean, it was. Well, even though it was a bit, you know, look, it showed some dark sides, I guess you could say, you know, but I felt like he treated it extremely respectfully.
0: What do you think? Yeah, but exactly. Like, he wasn't you know bashing catholicism but he was pointing out how easily people can be exploited though you know what i mean yeah yes but but i think that's part of the game with any any organized religion really is that there's going to be people in power who are going to try to like exploit other people but Mm. at the at the heart of it you can still be respectful of the of the customs and the culture of it you know and he
1: did that very well and if he's an atheist and he did this then i, I hell that's that's amazing that hats
0: off to him you know
1: well i think uh, there were some people to... out
0: there that were like oh there's not enough uh, you know christian bashing in this in this movie and i'm just like like <laughs> well, who the fuck said there had to be you know it's like like people talk like that literally
1: i don't do they realize they sound like they're 13 years old when they say things like that well know. you
0: know this is this is the era of the chucklehead you know, right, you know, This exactly. is like where everyone's got their two cents and fucking, you know, everyone can can make broad statements about everything. So, <laughs>
1: like we used to say,
0: "You're stupid." I didn't, I didn't like it. Stupid. Yeah, you could not like it, but it's like, well, you know, they he made a movie that he he made his movie, not not your movie. You make you go make a movie. You know what I mean? It's like that's at the end of the day. I'm like, you could just say I didn't like it. But you can't tell him what to do to make it better for you. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I wanted to ask you, although we're not giving it the rating just yet, where do you put this in between the two haunting projects?
0: Well, they're both – it's very different than the haunting projects. Yes. You know, because, like, the haunting projects are um, based on on, uh, Shirley Jackson and uh, Turning Mm -hmm. of the Screw, you know, the um, – And they're very – very gothy, which which is why I like them. I mean, yeah. I like both a lot. They're very, very
1: more old. kind of dramatic-y, gothy.
0: Yeah, it's got like minty. an old school, old school like vibe to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, both of them in yeah. a way. And this one is more modern, and also he wrote the entire thing, so mm. they're very different. But I put them. I say they're equals.
1: Yeah, I feel. Look, I think my fast answer is that this is my favorite of the three believe it or not really yes huh um i I would go this one uh hill house and then bly manor in that order um but i've read some people say that of the three this is the worst and i just i don't agree with that that one i don't agree with um look taste is everyone's taste is different and blah, blah blah or but i don't know i i really like this like uh it's, you know, uh, Richard Roper of the Sun-Times called this the best Stephen King story Stephen King never wrote.
0: Sure, I could see that.
1: I think it is. <laughs> I mean, and that's that's a fucking good review. It really say, is. You know? Um, and, you know, it, it's funny. I If only he would take a stab at writing novels like Quentin Tarantino apparently is about to do soon. I could see that with Quentin Tarantino.
0: You know, I could see that Quentin. I could see that with Quentin Tarantino because I guess he's getting out of the movie business, right?
1: Yeah, he's threatening that, but then he's flip flopping a bit because he's saying he's doing one more movie, but then I read something recently that said, "Well, he is going to put the cap on Kill Bill as the third Kill Bill, but that might not be the last movie." So I think he's uh-huh. not sure. Right. But well, he won't still be winding it down.
0: though. No, I'll tell you that. Um, but, uh, yeah. I, mean, I, um, I always welcome a Quentin Tarantino movie. Oh, fuck yeah. You know, I, don't I, don't, like, I don't like all of them, but I, I always welcome an entry into his uh, oeuvre. Uh, dude, Mike Flanagan's younger than you and I, man. He's yeah. 43. He's yeah. literally...
1: He's got a lot to go, yeah. you know? Um, apparently, he's a, a big fan of King, Tarantino, and Friedkin, uh, I've read. Huh, okay okay. Um, and, and that's, you know, three aces. <laughs> if those are three of your big influences, then, you know, shit, no wonder I like your output. <clears throat> oh, the, uh, by the way, I feel like I got to, listeners, the sickness is creeping, and it, it's definitely creeping on you, Hill.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. I think um <clears throat> when, when I get sick, there's like a, um, like kind of like a critical mass where like there's, <laughs> where there's one day where like I'm super flemmy. Yes. And I feel like I'm at that point where I'm about to get better. You know what I mean?
1: Hmm. Yeah, it's all it's coming out of me, as they say. But at the same time, it's like you know, you still kind of feel like crap. But um, what do you call it? What did you think of the whole kind of like Jonestown moment with the uh, the drinking of the, the wine?
0: It was great. Uh, it was a very interesting take on uh, vampirism and how to become a vampire.
1: And how they uh, <clears throat> tied in her uh, Samantha Sloan, you know, Bev Keen, her, her, her usage of the lie on that fucking poor dog. Like they tied that in to the, you know, the the, the cult-like moment. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. You know how she kind of was like, basically lying right to uh, the sheriff's face about how, how the dog died, and you know, um, she uh, savage, savage character, man. Kind of reminiscent of like Nurse Ratchet, right? Sure, yeah. And and somebody else too. I just I, I couldn't put my finger on who she reminded me of. Just like a very sinister, evil woman that you're just like, fuck, man, you know in a film. Um and it's funny earlier on I said that like uh, my brother John said that this was like the best horror film of the year and look it's not a film but I don't know it might as well be a fucking film.
0: Well, I mean <laughs> I think that with things going the way they are right now with all these shows they're going to have to start treating these like you know long form projects like films.
1: Yes, I mean but I do believe that the net, look, the Netflix stuff goes gets Emmy nuts. It does. I know yeah, it does. Oh, totally. But I, I feel like, when it, I don't know, when it comes to something like this, I, I, I wish there was like a, a, a better, more like precise horror awards show. I mean, like, look, there's the Fango Awards for the magazine and Rumor does their thing every year. I think this is going to hit both of those pretty high. What do you think?
0: Absolutely, man.
1: Uh, yeah, or Best Streaming. If they have a Best Streaming property or whatever, this is probably going to take it, I think. Yeah. Again, when you put this up against certain movies this year, I really feel that this is as good or better than quite a few of them.
0: I was engaged in this film, in this series, the whole, the mm-hmm. whole way. Yeah. And I, and I know everyone's like, oh, it's boring. There's a lot too much dialogue, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I, I, I loved it.
1: I, don't know. I just think some people are built differently i mean look we're, we're in the age of the short form and we're in the age of the instant gratification and the streaming this and that and but i don't know i think this had an, an air of like just dedication and devotion and some intelligence and i liked the religious angle the vampire angle look i like vampire shit. you got me there but if and you're you're mixing catholicism which is something i know about with that and it's just i don't know it hit a lot of it hit a lot of marks you know
0: yeah totally dude i mean and the thing is too it's like i yeah they're, people are like into short stuff but i got to be honest i think that people are, all, are all also into long form things man with all the sex success of all these shows
1: yeah uh squid game was not short people uh, it was long uh, it was actually longer than i thought it was going to be there was a there was actually a point during Squid Game where I was like, "Hmm, am I gonna do this?" And then it just turned like this really good corner, and I was fucking hooked. So, but no, think you know, there's like long shit out there too that you you want to stick around for. Like I understand this Dune movie is long as hell, I, I, which I do want to see. Yeah, I have literally zero Dune knowledge, but I want to see it.
0: I read I read the first book like ages ago when I was a kid, and uh, but I, I was never like one of those like Dune fanatics, you know.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it always seemed very heady, as, as, the, as the word uh, I'm going to use, you know? Like, it didn't seem very... Like, Conan is Conan. It's an old property, but you know what you're fucking getting with Conan. And, you know, <laughs> Dune seemed to look weird. Like, very weird. It's very experience. dense.
0: It's a yeah, very dense,
1: long novel. It's mean, the while difference between... Being in high school and picking up that first H.P. Lovecraft and picking up the first fucking Clive Barker or King novel, there's quite a difference, yes. you know. Yeah, and people tend to like Lovecraft a little later, I, I, I would say, you know. Once you've gotten some years under you, or maybe some some intelligence under you and some patience under you, um, some of the other earlier horror shit you'll pick up does not fucking hit like that.
0: I, I agree. I mean, I I was into Robert E. Howard, and that's how I found out about um, Lovecraft. Yeah, because you know, mm-hmm. they were like, you know, they wrote letters to each other and all that sort of stuff. Oh yeah, that
1: in of itself is fascinating. But I used I used Conan as a reference for Dune because Dune is from the I, the fifties or sixties, and you know, it's it's it, it's old. It's it's not Conan is actually older. So the Conan's
0: of you know. like the the thirties or the twenties. It's uh, <laughs> weird weird tales. <laughs> Right, exactly. Like pulp, exactly. Pulp, uh, pulp fiction. You know, pulp, pulp you'll
1: never understand how a guy from Texas came up with Conan. But hey, man, God bless him, Robbie Howard. Um, in that t- in that time frame, right? Like of all of all the things, you know, to come up with. Well,
0: there was also like Edgar Rice Burroughs was around that time. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, there was this guy uh, Algernon Blackwood who was um he wrote uh, the Willows. And that was mm-hmm. uh, the late 1800s.
1: Yeah, the late 1800s into the, the earlier quarter of the 1900s is when all the legends were fucking born,
0: huh? Yeah, totally.
1: I mean, the modern legends, really. You,
0: you know, and, and like uh, you know Robert Chambers, the guy who wrote The King in Yellow, that's all before <laughs> the 20th century. It's amazing. It, it is really... amazing if you think about how sinister all that shit is.
1: <laughs> yes. Wild. But a uh, little, little little detour there. Um, something I, I wanted to mention was um, I, I saw today in the news is that Leonardo DiCaprio is about to portray Jim Jones in a new Guyana tragedy oh, wow. uh, movie. Okay, my first thought is who's sitting around in Hollywood even think, like, where is that coming from? <laughs> like, people want to see a movie about that? That's like... 40 something years ago and like several movies have been made about it and several movies have been
0: inspired about it so that's real interesting right I think Leonardo DiCaprio would do a great job though no he's
1: gonna do a great job I'm just amazed that this was even in a
0: room in Hollywood is what I'm saying well you know people always like that shit you know people always like to read it you know they they like these stories of like cults and cult-like figures and Hmm. You know, I mean, you know. Remember, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, you had the Manson family in that.
1: Right, but the Manson family is a way more bigger blanket than the Jim Jones Guyana tragedy. Not a lot of people know what the fuck that is. is what I'm trying to say,
0: not a lot. of Okay. People.
1: Um, so it's very interesting. Um, there's that great movie that was a riff on it, *Sacrament*. Yep, love the movie. That was good. More people need to check that movie out, um, and I'm sure. Look, I'm sure this is going to be quite a film. I mean, it's it's going to be a major budget, and I I imagine it's going to be pretty wild, but uh, Powers Booth back in the day, playing Jim Jones was the sickest thing ever. That's where the deicide, the deicide sample came from on that first record. Yeah. (laughs) I always think about that when I'm in the hospital and I'm about to undergo, and I'm about to go under Mike for 32 years, any time I need anything, I think about dsi and Jim Jones. Isn't that hilarious? That is funny. Yes, where he says sleep forever or whatever or whatever Yeah, that is the last thing in my head every time. It's so funny. Thank you, DSI. <laughs> um Thank you, Jim Jones. And then I'm going to be saying thank you, Leo, uh, next year, a year or two when that comes out. But uh, sorry, you know, I think the little sidetracks we do are just as fun as talking about the movie.
0: Sure. That's that's why I do it.
1: That's that's why we do it, folks. But yeah, I mean, look, we're we're kind of gushing over this listener's because we really we really like it and and if you have not checked it out yet, I, I think it should be at the top of your fucking list, really. You know? Um there's good stuff out there to check out. I mean, uh, even uh look, Shutter, I know a lot of our listeners have Shutter they just put a slew of great old shit out uh, recently, uh, it, you know, like Habit. And uh, there's a great movie called Rituals, which oh, yeah. is basically mm-hmm. the it's the Canadian Deliverance with a little more of a horror bent, which everyone should fucking see. That's a very good movie. Um, but I do think, you know, for, for your, your more mainstream fare, I don't think you could go wrong with fucking Midnight Mass at, at all.
0: I agree, man. And that's why I gave it a five.
1: That is why both Mike and I gave this a five out of five. Uh, awesome. I mean, I, I enjoyed the, every aspect of it. The, the acting, the characters, uh, obviously the direction, the story, the originality. Um, so I got to ask you, the, the ending, um, when uh, Lisa, uh, at, at Nara Simone, Says that she can't feel her legs anymore. Right. Did you take that as the vampire was dead, or that his blood was no longer like you know working in her system?
0: Well, normally I would think that he was dead. That she, you know, but you did see him fly away on lacerated wings, though.
1: Right. But they said he had X miles to go, and that they didn't think he like there was like this little thing about is he going to make it that far because the sun the was sun coming was coming up. up
0: right. Yeah. I mean, I I would like to think that he died because I don't want to see a a part two for this, you know?
1: No. And let's be honest, uh, Flanagan doesn't strike me as a part twoer. No. So I like the ambiguity. There's my answer. It's ambiguous. Um, Because some people have said it's because, yeah, he died. He didn't make it. The sun came up. Well, that
0: that follows the uh, vampire lore, like when the vampire dies or, you know, everyone goes back to normal.
1: But others have said it's because she hadn't had that blood in a while. She hadn't been drinking in a while, which is true. Mm, okay. And it wore off, which is, again, because she, she was a daily mass goer. She was one of the only daily mass goers. Uh, churches, Catholic churches have mass every Sunday, but there's a mass every single morning. Yeah, that's right. Um, there's usually one every single morning, like early in the morning. She would go to that and drink. The, the chat from the chalice every morning.
0: Well, so what I'm gonna say be, is that, yeah, all right. When in other vampire stories, you have to continue to drink, otherwise, you go through these horrible withdrawals, right? You know, right. just, just turn back to normal, mm. you know what I mean.
1: But she's one of the few people who, although did drink, she never got bit. You know, so,
0: she
1: okay, just was right. drinking from it. Like she didn't, she didn't get like, she didn't get like attacked. Like most of the, you know, like right. basically the only two people who didn't get the number done on them were her and, and Warren, uh, you know, the, 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 the Zach, you know, Riley's brother, like, you know, the, yeah. I guess kind of a main character. became a main character as went well along uh, who played by Igby Rigney. They were the only two people like not kind of fucked up. So yeah, I mean it's interesting. I, again, I like the, the ambiguity.
0: Real quick for uh, any of you guys out there who live in New Jersey, um, <laughs> if you if you uh, travel on the Garden State Parkway and you you uh, drive by the Cheesequake rest stop, you might notice that the name of that rest stop has been changed to the John Bon Jovi rest area. <laughs> Wow! Yeah, you know what? Good for him.
1: Yeah. He's he's a part of Jersey, man. Come on, totally, I mean, man. He, he's a famous guy. He's one of the most famous New Jersey musicians ever. Come on, I mean, if you really think about it, you know.
0: And I mean, and have, Say- Sayerville is not too far away from uh from where that rest stop is, you know. So that's it. It, it's like that's where he's from.
1: You have you have Sinatra. You have Glenn Danzig and you have fucking Bon Jovi. And then you have, you know, My Chemical Romance, who honestly like them or hate them. They're literally one of the biggest fans to ever come out of New Jersey. Wait,
0: you got Bruce Springsteen, too.
1: And Bruce Springsteen. Frankie Valley. Frankie Valley. You got some fucking heavy hitters, people, yeah. coming to New Jersey. As you can see, listeners, someone has adopted to their new home state. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Yeah. Let's see. I thought that was cool, man, because our practice space is down in Keyport, which is like right just passed that rest stop, and the other day, I was going to band practice, and I saw—I was like, "Oh shit!" It's the John Bon Jovi rest area.
1: That is very cool. I would take a—I would take a picture of that. And as I said, uh, hats off to you, Mr. Bon Jovi. You—you <laughs> um, you deserve it. You know, look. In a way, Bon Jovi kind of like transcended the hair metal scene to become like a pop group. But one could almost kind of flip it and say. They're one of the biggest hair metal bands ever. You could kind of, sort of say
0: that. Sure, I'd say that.
1: Like Guns N' Roses are also, to, in a way, one of the biggest hair metal bands to ever
0: happen. Well, know? I mean that, but Guns N' Roses has also entered the entered the ranks of like Aerosmith now and Led Zeppelin. Yeah. You know? So like they both, well, they both became pop groups. I mean, shit, honestly, right? right? Yeah, I mean they, they're just major, a major rock band.
1: Yeah, yeah. like rock music, but you know that hit the echelons of pop I mean shit Bon Jovi has quite a few hits Sure. but uh yes folks so both Mike and I five out of fives for Mike Flanagan's Midnight Mass and yeah like we said coming up from Mike Flanagan he's got the Midnight Club and then he's got something I'm really looking forward to he's taking on the Poe property yes the Poe property um Oh, my God. Which one is he doing? Uh, Fall of the House of Usher. So, it's going to be an eight-episode limited series for Netflix. Sick.
0: I'm really looking forward to that. I think he's going to do a great job.
1: Oh, yeah. I just can't wait to see who takes that Vincent Price role. Mm.
0: (laughs) That's uh, fucking big shoes to fill, man.
1: Yeah, it really is. Or he may may make it a – I mean, who knows? I mean, you know, he's going to put his stamp on it, but – I mean, I bet he probably likes Poe as much as he likes Stephen King. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean that—that's fair to say.
1: Totally. All right, this was a good one, Hill. This Hell was yeah, a man. fun night, a, a sickly night, but we we powered through it. I think with style and grace. What do you think?
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I'm probably going to go to sleep after I'm done.
1: With this. <laughs> I'm going to take a shower and pass out. And yeah, uh, hopefully be, feel better tomorrow. Knock on, knock on wood, but uh. Thank you all to the uh, amazing listeners out there. Uh, we really appreciate the support, and we will catch you next time. Right, Mike?
0: That's right. I'll see. You. I'll talk to you guys next week. Cheers. Have a good night. Bella is down.